Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Nation, you are tuned into page one. I'm LeVar, sitting here in the Midwest in the cold, but soon to be spring-like warmth of the weekend. And out on the West, as always, is my dear friend Mary. How are you? I am here and alive and wonderful and warm tonight, but then cold tomorrow. <laughs> So it's pretty much is the opposite out where you're at, correct? Yes. No, wait, wait be before we cold. Now before we go into cold, now I'm not going to feel bad for you if we're talking like 60 degree cold. How cold will it get? <laughs> um, when I will be out in the weather, it will be in the mid to upper 40s. The high, I believe, is the mid to upper 50s. Okay, I I will buy that. I'll buy that because so I know here, where cold, you're cold. at, that is considered cold. So that's good. I'm not going to ridicule you like other people who would probably be like, oh, well, you know, it's going to get down to like the uh, 70s. It's going to get a little cold out. Yeah. At that point, you do not have my sympathy at all. <laughs> I have uh, a lot of sympathy because I'm going to be out in the rain. That's uh, what I'm going to be. That's where oh, that's yeah, going to be. Is. The cold, not too much. Yes, I out in the cold, but uh, for a good cause tomorrow. So, yes, mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. Uh, it's She's going to be doing something tomorrow that I actually had a chance to do with you here in Chicago. How long ago has that been now? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's been years. We need to do it again, though. I have to. It was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a 5K. It's 5K or 3K or whatever. I don't know what it is. It's a 5K? It's a 5K. 3.1 yeah. miles, yeah. So I will tell you, doing a 5K, if you have bad ankles like I do, uh, luckily at one, it was during the spring or summer. Was it summer or spring I think we did it on? Oh, we did it in June in Chicago. Um, They do multiple cities. They do multiple cities, so we get it here in February. Late winter, then. (laughs) Yes, late winter. It was was just before construction. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) late winter. You're still you're not out of the woods yet, so yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's an interesting thing to do this 5K. Um, if you've never done one before, like I had up to that point, uh, if you love even walking, because the good thing about this one is that you can run and or walk. And so, took my sweet time walking. Granted, ankles felt it afterward, but it is a very cool thing to do, uh, and it does usually come to your town, so if you have a chance to do something like a color run, do it. Also, a um, couple of quick things. Uh, yes, we've missed you. Uh, we were not here last week. We are back tonight, uh, usually at this time slot, 10 o'clock central time, 11 o'clock in the east. We are here on Friday nights. Hopefully you will be able to join us on those nights. Appreciate you for joining us. Uh, and then programming-wise, I do hope that you can join me on Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time. We will have another PLM exclusive interview, this time with uh, MTV VJ, uh, DJ, artist, actor, Dr. Dre. I'm looking forward to it because uh, I had a chance to speak with him about it. And one of the things that he's doing in this interview, when I talk to him, and normally with most interviews, for those of you who don't do this type of thing, uh, when I called him up, I actually had offered to put together a list of questions 
that I had. Because one of the things as a host, and whether if you go on to do podcasting yourself or if you've seen TV shows, not everything is off the cuff. Some things are scripted. <gasps> um, <laughs> and in this case... How dare? Yes, I'll tell you. Oh, never. Um, <laughs> so when I talked to him, he was nice enough to say right off the bat, as soon as I said, hey, I'll get the question, and I didn't even get the word out, he said, nope, no questions. I don't want them ahead of time. Sunday night, just ask me anything. He says, I'm like an open book. So Sunday night, I will ask him anything that I want to ask him. Uh, if you were listening tonight, Actually, you know what? I will actually say for those who are listening tonight, if you had a chance to talk with him, what question would you ask him? Um, I really wanted to go into the whole thing of what's been happening lately in regards to a lot of these rappers not making it, it seems, past the age of 20 or 23. Uh, You know, it's a different time now. Uh, We just lost someone the other day, and... It's, it's you know, back then, if we lost somebody, it was due to, like, accidental or, uh, you know, something else. You know, you didn't see the violence that pretty much has plagued the music industry right now. Uh, and as someone who has been on the pulse of hip-hop for a long time, uh, that will definitely, I'm giving you a preview here, because that will definitely be one of the questions that I will ask him. And, yes, I will ask him about his health because there's been a lot of rumors, a lot of news uh, about uh, his um, his uh, health with diabetes. And it affects, I am pretty sure, someone who you know. Uh, present company accepted uh, with my friend here. And... I will definitely be asking about that because there will be some things that he's going to be doing in regards to, uh, I know, uh, legislative-type things and uh, trying to get more attention geared towards this subject. So Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time, this station, (laughs) tune in uh, for my interview with the... uh, I call the original, well, I don't, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't want to legally get anybody in trouble. But I'm just say Dr. Dre from Yo! MTV Raps fame. So it should be a good one. I am looking forward to it. Uh, links will be on my Twitter page at News Comment BTR on uh, Twitter. So um, with that, my friend, uh, while we have a couple of minutes here and while we're still kind of opening up the show, uh, we still do have a little bit of time for a subject that is near and dear to your heart. Um, still yes. a few weeks. Uh, if you could tell the folks out here again, for those who hadn't had a chance to hear, but exactly what you're doing coming up in March. So in March, it'll be March 14th on Pi Day. Um, I am participating in a fundraiser called St. Baldrick. I am what they call a shave eat. So I will be donating, cutting my hair, donating it, and then shaving my head bald um, to raise money for children's cancer research. Uh, I have a goal of $1,000, which pays for one child to be able to be in a clinical trial, um, which is usually their best and often their only way of finding a cure for their cancer, their type of cancer, if there hasn't been one sound as of yet. Um, So that is my goal. I am three-quarters of the way there. I am so close to the goal, and thank you to everyone that has donated, everyone that has been part of it. We still have time. Um, You can donate online. Uh, You can donate uh, via the phone, and I'm sure Mubarak will have that information, and it's just any amount is greatly appreciated. Cancer sucks. Hashtag cancer sucks. Um, so, yeah, so we haven't been with you for at least, a, you know, it feels like a week, but sometimes it feels like longer than that. A lot of things going on tonight. Uh, if you are reading the uh, program 
uh, preview here tonight. I guess I wanted to start off with something that I saw. And I will tell you that my opinions are my opinions. Mary's opinions are her opinions. Uh, and that we hope that while we're not here to pretty much like cause controversy or call people out on things, but if you do wrong, we'll call you out on it. Um, but one thing that I saw, while I get it, also could be a potential dangerous mix, but this would involve uh, the Kent State gun girl, uh, Caitlin Bennett. And I saw on the news uh, last week when she had gone to Ohio University, faced an onslaught of protesters uh, telling her to leave their campus. And she is a conservative activist who gained uh, viral social media attention in 2018 for her graduation photos featuring her celebratory stroll around uh, Kent State while openly carrying a semi-automatic rifle. And she often decries liberals and leftists, especially on college campuses, and posts interview videos online that, quote, expose their hypocrisy. And she said that she was there simply to ask questions when students began to riot against her. And the Ohio University Police Department rejected her claim that the crowd had risen to a level of riot and assured the public that officers were present throughout the incident to protect everyone's rights and safety. In a tweet, she said that she would return to the campus at an unspecified time and vowed to, quote, bring an army of gun owners for an open carry walk through campus. Let me repeat that for you. She's going to bring a, quote, army of gun owners for an open carry walk through campus. She didn't immediately respond, uh, of course, this is from USA Today, but she didn't respond to her request about that plan or whether she would notify police ahead of time. And she had criticized the police department's response to Monday's incident and claimed that they didn't help her. And while I believe in everyone's right to bear arms, because I'm not going to sit here and say, no, you can't do that. I think people get this so mixed up. And many times you hear people who say, oh, you know, people are trying to take guns away from us. First of all, that would require a huge act of Congress that I don't think is ever going to happen. Uh, Second of all, the idea of even bringing people, especially an army of people who we know out here and it's not going to butter things up and make sh- and, and try and tie things over, but this has the potential of being a very volatile or dangerous situation because there are a lot of, and not her, but there are a lot of people out there with ulterior motives and plans. And if you just bring anyone with a semi-automatic weapon onto a college campus in which schools have already seen enough cuckoo people come on with ulterior motives and start shooting onto a campus that could potentially be tense, nothing ever goes well with that. And I pray that everything goes right, but nothing ever goes well with, quote, an army of people who all... You know, while 99% may have the peaceful mind to try and get their point across, it's always that 1%. And to bring that onto a college campus is irresponsible, and there's got to be a different way of trying to get your point across. I mean, if you're reading this, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I live in an open carry state, so seeing somebody with a gun is not a... It's not a, what's a good way of putting it? It's, it's not something that's a, it's not a rarity. Um, however, on a college campus, yeah. if you're, if you, ha- I guess it's, it just feels like retaliation at this point. And I don't, I actually enjoy her um, because she's as, as conservative as she is about a lot of things. She's not going about it in a way that's disrespectful. She hasn't been disrespectful up until this very moment. Like, she's always been well within her rights. She's never been disrespectful. She's never been, like, yeah, everybody calls everybody names, and everybody says, well, you don't agree with my opinion, but that's, 
everybody, you can't please everybody. If we all agreed with everybody's opinions, we wouldn't have problems. Um, we wouldn't have discussion. There wouldn't be growth. Um, but because she's saying, whether or not it's true, I, I couldn't tell you, that this, you know, incident A happened where it felt like a riot to her. Now I'm going to come back. That's retaliation. And that's and by the way, let me read her tweet that she did send out. I'm going to read this exactly as it was on her Twitter. She says, I will absolutely be returning to Ohio U's campus again, and next time I'll bring an army of gun owners for an open carry walk through campus. You can't keep us away, and you can't keep us silent. Just like Donald Trump, we will always win. That was her tweet. Mm-hmm. And that's where she crossed the line at that point. It became retaliation. It wasn't, hey, let's let's talk about this. Like, I can be on your campus and open carry, blah, blah, blah. That in that in those cases, as long as she's got all those things, of course she has the right to carry her her weapons. I'm I am full on. I am a gun owner. I have no problems with guns at all. Well, I do like in the wrong hands. But as a gun owner, I understand where she's at. I just don't think it should be a retaliation kind of thing. I will return, and next time I bring. Those are very those are very hostile. I don't even think... And that's not where she shouldn't have to come from. I don't think she should have had to come from that that place. I I agree with you. Um, You know, I'm all for people protecting their rights and for having a differing point of view. I just don't know if the whole thing of actually walking through a college campus strapped like that is actually a good thing. You know, the the college student of today. And if it's a state, if it's a state organization and funded by the state, I don't know that they don't have the same role in entity organizations where guns are actually not there. You're allowed to have the guns, but you're not allowed to have them loaded, and you're not allowed to have um, the ammunition. In those those places where you have to check them or those kind of things. And that's where my worry lies, because if you're just going to show up and not tell anybody, and you just show up with guns and say if you go out to a bunch of people, and you and I, like I said, we both know, there's always that one person in that group who came with a loaded weapon and who is about three-quarters away from the edge of going off if the wrong person confronts him and then come back and say, well, I was provoked. And that's my worry, is that college students of today, if they see that, you already saw what happened a few weeks ago. And if you get a bunch of people just walking through a college campus, you know, doing this, and you're bringing an army of people, and you don't know this exact army of people and, you know, their – Uh, what's the word I'm going to look for here, their motives, it brings, you know, like I said, bring it through if everything is like, hey, you went to the police department, said, hey, we're going to walk through with our weapons, nothing's going to be in them, clips out, nothing. You know, we just want to say our piece. That's fine. I don't know why you can't do it through the regular streets of downtown, but I don't know why you want to do it on a college campus. I don't get the whole thing of, like, hitting a college campus up when you would probably have a far greater voice doing it through uh, protests downtown where everyone sees you. So I don't feel the need to, quote, have this need to come back and walk through a college campus and showing off your guns and saying, yeah, I could do it, so now I'm coming back through. But I'm bringing a bunch of people, some of who I don't even know, but they just agree with me, and you don't know what they're like I said, their thinking is. That's where I kind of worry about this. And I say we have enough school shootings where people are already on edge as to where they really don't need to see people walking through with guns, especially people who they don't know, especially if it's not an armed guard. So I don't know if there's a better way around this. And I'm not saying don't do it, but just kind of think of a better way. Organized events is a better way around it. 
There's a better way around it. If they organize the event, if they give a specific date, if they have a specific area, this is what we're going to be doing. If you do that, then you can dispel the – I'm sorry, we're in an an era where people automatically think, oh, my God, oh, my God, we're, you know, like I see a gun, it's going to be a shooter. Mm -hmm. And, And in my brain, it's like you already saw what the response was when you came there. And that was probably announced. What do you think is going to happen when it's unannounced? Because now you're just asking for some type of confrontation with somebody and then something to happen, and then pretty much push forward your theory of, well, that's why I had a gun, and I walked through, and I didn't come through without telling anybody, and I just came through just to prove a point, and we got into you know a scrap with some students, and we had to shoot one. You know, I don't want it to get to that point. I'm trying to stop it before it gets to that point. Because you know that's what mm-hmm. could potentially happen, especially seeing the video of what happened when she went there with armed security in, in a car. What's going to happen when you just don't tell anybody and you just go walking across the campus? That's mm-hmm. an irresponsible thing to do, and I would hope that she changes her mind. And she's supposed mind. to be a responsible gun owner. Yes. Yeah, to be a responsible gun owner, it's an irresponsible thing to do. And I hope that she thinks of a better mm-hmm. way of trying to get her message across. The whole thing with, you know, that I always said with gun ownership is that everyone feels the same. No one wants guns in the hands of an irresponsible person. That's the first thing I think that everybody agrees with, no matter what. Correct. The second thing yeah. is that some people, in regards to guns, don't want to take away particular guns. They're just saying, hey, guns in which people don't stand a chance, in which, you know, you – you live out in Vegas. You know of that shooting a few years ago where that person had an automatic rifle. No one had a chance, even if somebody had a gun. No one had a chance because it fired so many rounds so quickly. People were pretty much like, hey, we just don't want those or these special clips on these guns. That's all we're asking for. You know, you can have your gun, but we just don't want something where everybody's going to be at a disadvantage if someone in the wrong frame set gets a hold of that. I think that's where the whole argument comes, and nobody ever listens to it, because it's like, I hear everybody talking on this issue, and it's a sensitive issue, but at the end of the day, when it comes to things that could take out 50 people in 10 seconds, I think that even then, some people who are gun owners have got to think, well, yeah, I mean, there really isn't a need for it, because you don't really hunt with that gun, so why do you... uh, have a need for it. You can still have your shotgun. You can still have your regular gun. You can still have this. It really wasn't, it seems, until like the last 30, 40 years that people have had a need to, quote, have more than that or have like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these semi-automatic weapons where, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's a uh, interesting time, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I, there's got to be a better way. I don't know. There, there has to be a better way to get to this point. Or maybe have, like, some type of talk on campus, you know, where you have people who, you know, you have a mediator, a trusted mediator, and, you know, you don't have a debate per se, but just an open conversation of where that, you know, side, those who believe that they should be able to carry everything everywhere, those who don't believe in that, and I guarantee that somewhere in that conversation, both are going to agree. And that's, that's the one thing about this whole thing is that both sides agree on a lot of stuff. But there's a oh, lot yeah. of... Oh, well, no, I'd, there's a lot of I, debate. It's, it's people's feelings are getting hurt about something that they don't necessarily need to get their feelings hurt about. I live in a home mm-hmm. where, like I said, I am a gun owner. Um, I have friends that do have the, like an AR-15. Um, I do go out shooting. Um, I don't hunt. I don't hunt. But I do go out shooting. I do enjoy having that. I wholeheartedly agree. Bump stocks are not required for anything. There's not, you know, even if you do the whole, like, I don't know, fantasy that there's going to be a zombie apocalypse, you still don't need a bump stock for that. Um, no. But I live in a home where I share a home with someone who absolutely does not want anything to do with guns. And yet we live in the same home and get along 
just yeah. fine. Yeah, um, it's a bad thing. Sure Everybody can just my home knows how to use a gun, but they're never required to use it. It's an open dialogue. It's an open discussion. And if it comes down to it, if I need to defend my home or if that the knowledge base is there, more than me pulling the trigger. Because, again, I'm the gun owner. I'm the one that needs to be responsible for it. Um, I don't see how we can't have that happen across the entire United States. We all live in this home. Right. I don't see why we can't have everybody be okay with it, you know? Yeah, I, so, yeah. I think one of the other things, too, is that the all, the con- topic of conversation also has to come on how these guns get into the wrong hands. A lot of times, too, mm-hmm. you hear, especially I know here in Chicago, where a lot of those guns come through on the trains of people pretty much, you know, breaking into these trains when they're sitting in the, you know, yards, taking all of these weapons, and there has to be a better way of either securing said trains or said shipments or, you know, putting some type of personalized, you know, I don't know, some futuristic way. There will probably be some personalized uh, way of firing your weapon if it's just you. You know, I don't know if... uh, you know, that will ever be the day. But like I said, I think everybody agrees to disagree, and then they disagree, and they also agree on a lot of things and the same fears and the same uh, issues as well. So I, I just think in the meantime for her, hey, that's fine. If you, you know, it's great that she is practicing, you know, or saying her beliefs because this is what this country's based off on. You have a belief in something, definitely say it, believe in it, go with it. But at the same time, to, like you said, just kind of have that intent of like, okay, well, that happened the first time, but I'm going to come back with a bunch of people. I'm not telling you when and where. It just is a brewing for trouble. And there's got to be a better way to handle it. So I didn't think we were going to spend that long on that topic. (laughs) I didn't think that was going to happen. I don't think you remember that I'm a gun owner. That's no, you know, I remember that, and uh, and that's why I knew that this story could be of you know interest to you because, like I said, I think it's just the way in which it's handled. You know, a lot of times if you look at things, things don't have to escalate the way that they are if things were handled differently at some point, or okay. if truths were actually put out there and falsehoods didn't exist in a perfect world. I know, but you know, you hear about you know when certain people are elected, they're going to take all your guns away. It never happened. We've been saying that for as long as I've been living. It has been a long time. And whenever someone comes to the office, oh, they're going to take every gun away. You better buy up all your guns now. Not once did they say that. Not once did it happen. All they wanted to do was try to help in some way in which, you know, the bad things like the bump stocks and the other things weren't, or people making now these 3D guns doesn't happen mm-hmm. so that doesn't get into the wrong hands and I think we can all agree on that so yeah uh, <laughs> so uh, we're at the halfway point tonight already <laughs> I know we had a few other stories we only had one story <laughs> uh, we only had one yeah, that's another thing I, I'm I'm going to be honest with my friends out here who listen to this show. This show, I thank you all for listening every week. I thank you all for your calls, your comments, your suggestions, because the show itself, and I think it was one thing that I was going to talk about today, it's not perfect. We only hope that we can raise your awareness of certain stories and topics that are out there. It's like an imperfect show where anything can happen. Sound quality can go bad. Things can go off the rails. But we love it. We do it. And we hope that you enjoy it. Um, I do see... (laughs) I'm going to uh, briefly uh, have our friend on here tonight because I see he's been patiently waiting. (laughs) Uh, I will probably only spend a few minutes up more on this topic. I'm not going to go full on into it because we've got other stories to talk about. But I will bring up the mic 
Are you there, my friend? Well, I guess so. You don't owe me no money, so you can call me a friend. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I owe anybody any money at this point. So <laughs> we're good to go. How are you? You know that uh, in 2016, you had more Americans killed by knives and cutting instruments than rifles, and more by hands, feet, hands, fists, and feet and clubs than semi-automatic rifles like uh, AR-15. There, there, there are there are statistics out there for that, absolutely. But it's still, that is still a rifle that does need to be um, used responsibly. That's the best way of putting it. I, I, October one was here in, in Vegas, and I know a lot of people that were affected by it. I was affected by it, um, so it, it does get a little well, dicey when you get close to that. I could do just as much damage with a thirty-six or. A t- 20 gauge, it's a good oh, yeah. your rifle should, that a Absolutely. person could. AR-15, it's a semi-automatic. And the calling of an assault weapon is something that has recently evolved. Nancy Pelosi did make statement that we will go after your guns. Nancy Pelosi is the Democratic uh, Speaker of the House in Congress. But here's another thing. You got five cities where the ordinances of those cities ask residents to keep and bear weapons in the United States. You got Kennesaw, Georgia, which is about 70 miles outside of Atlanta. Virgin, Utah, Gun Barrel City, Texas, Noodle, Colorado, and Nelson, Georgia. They ordinance say, you know, you got to have a gun. And nobody talks about that. So, me, myself, and you know, as far as the there's a, an African-American gun association. The National African-American Gun Association have over 20,000 members. There's about 20, I'm sorry, about 40 African-American gun clubs across the country, two of which are all female. Uh, one of them is called IPAC Heat. So I'm a proponent of, and a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. Uh, you, you may mention when I was in Missouri, uh, Illinois has got some of the most archaic gun laws ever. Whenever I drove out of Missouri into Illinois, I had to take, uh, get out of the car and put my gun, unload it, put it in, in the trunk of my vehicle. And I think that was preposterous. But uh, well, I understand well, I what you. I was going to say, got a couple minutes on mm-hmm. uh, I guess the one thing that comes out of this story is the fact that she wants to walk back through that college campus with an army of people, is that the best way of getting your message across, or do you think there could be another better way? Well, she's trying – what message is she trying to get across? <laughs> About pretty much being able to gun owner you – know, that's actually a very good question, because when she went to Ohio University, it was uh, to pretty much push on her beliefs for owning a gun and being able to – you know, walk where you please with it, but yeah, I, I don't know what her. I don't really see anything is. wrong. Look at the First Amendment, how it's being desecrated on college campuses. You know, if you got conservative thought, take a conservative view. Most professors uh, do a job on you, and you know, you got over 250 school districts in the state of Texas where teachers are allowed to carry guns. And matter of fact, some of them got signs right outside saying that to let people know. So, no, I don't see anything wrong with it. People have to get... See, guns have been denigrated in this country, especially uh, in the last six years or so that I've ever... Most of the I've ever known in my life. And I'm an old man, I guess you can say. So I don't have any problem with her uh, walking across the campus or any place else, if she's got a permit to carry. Uh, in Missouri, you don't need a permit to conceal carry. If you're going to open carry, you need to have a permit. Uh, you have black males that open carry in downtown St. Louis with AR-15s. Nothing said. I, I don't think it's. I think her point was, and and I I can be wrong on this one, but I think her point is not the fact that she. And, and, and we're not disagreeing with this. If she has, if it's an open carry, it, 
kind of thing, she's allowed to have that kind of gun, and I'm a whole-on supporter if it's an open carry, by all means, you can have it. I think the issue is the the feeling, the perception of the next time I'm coming out, I'm bringing an army of people, and I'm gonna do this, and it's and it's very negative, not negative, um, it's it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, LaVar? It's, it's very, it's very, um, oh. but <laughs> it's, it's, aggressive. It's very yeah, aggressive. aggressive. It, and not necessarily, and, but the point isn't the fact that she's carrying the guns. The point that she's making is she, when she went on for the first time, was to ask people about their views on it. Like, here I am carrying. What's your view on it? Are you scared of me? Because, you know, I can do this. This is something that I have the right to do. What do you have against me doing this? And that was supposed to be that kind of dialogue. Before this campus tour, she has always been a respectful proponent of a gun owner. And as a gun, another gun owner, another female gun owner, that statement felt very aggressive. And I think there's a better way. I'm not saying that she shouldn't do it. I'm saying I think there's a better way to pre- to prepare it for it and to put it out there. Well, maybe so. It's a perception. Yeah, it's a perception mm-hmm. that people take. But, you know, we have seen uh, in the past where people have expressed themselves and it was perceived in many different ways. But, the, you know, the Second Amendment allows open carry. It's when you conceal carry when our, uh when agencies have a right to uh, put some sort of uh, controls on that. But, uh, you know, one of the problems in this country that I've noticed lately is that people don't know their civic responsibility and they don't know the U.S. Constitution. It's not taught in schools. And most of their knowledge on it is derived from the news and news stories and news bleaks. And I think that there is a travesty. And we're starting to see where people are looking at the United States as being that old evil uh, empire, imperialist, going around the world uh, projecting itself. It's even an attack on white males. You hear certain uh, cliches like a white nationalist and uh, white supremacy and so on and so on and so on. And I think that's wrong. But anyway, I just want to add that and let you guys get on to your next story. All right. Thanks a lot for listening, as always, my friend. Sure. All right. So, yeah. Uh, but I didn't think that topic was going to go that long tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's the interesting thing about this is that it's always an agree to disagree. There's always, you know, everyone that agrees on specific things with that. But uh, I think the whole point of the topic too that I think that hopefully I was able to put across was that is that the best way to get your message across because we could all talk about you know the right to bear arms or you know uh, anything else that's a topic for another day and one that will be many days of you know debate but in terms of getting your message across is that the best way in terms of like just walking across a campus and you know saying it the way it did and then showing up with people People who you don't know what their, uh, you know, you don't know what their uh, thinking is or how, you know, they will be once they get on that campus. And if they come across protesters and if it gets tense, you know, what will happen or what could happen? Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the worry comes out of that story is when, you know, people just show up. Uh, you know, I remember, and I know this has nothing to do with the story, uh, but if people recall, you know, Texas in its own self was a stronghold, and uh, back then a lot of people were saying, <laughs> I remember in the early 60s, people were like, hey, if you if you weren't a you know Republican in Texas, you really didn't have a lot of luck. I mean, you had a few people who were well-respected within Texas, LBJ, a couple other people, Ambassador Stevenson, a few weeks before JFK was shot and killed in Dallas, went to Dallas, went to Texas, and they attacked him. And a lot of people were telling the president, don't go, don't go. The president's like, no, I'm going. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do all this. And unfortunately, you know what kind of happened, not to put that in the same story, but you don't want, you know, one thing happening here where, you know, like I said, I think it would be a lot better 
if she got in touch with her local authorities there and said, hey, we want to do this, we want to come back through, I don't think people would have an issue with it if it were something that was controlled and something that was, you know, and in this part, when I say staged, I meant staged in a good way in which, you know, people know it's going to happen. There's security there. You know, they will not to say it could happen with security or without security, but I think I would feel a lot safer if stuff was more staged as to where she shows up on campus, gun in tow, show up. Bring whoever you want to protest their belief. There's going to be counter-protesters. Both of you yell at each other for about an hour or two. Break it up and go home. I would much rather see that happen than for someone to just show up in cars, show up in buses on a busy day at this college and start walking through with guns, and no one had any inkling that. Because when that happens, you know what could happen or what could be a result of that, especially seeing Well, even worse than that. Well, this just struck me on top of all that. They could come. Do the army of pro, the army of people with their guns in tow could show up and be completely peaceful and walk through that campus in some odd off liberal or conservative yeah, or, or. right like. or left or some odd person that's not even part of their group yeah. start something that's near what I worry the about. campus doesn't even have to be on the campus and yeah. then they get blamed for it and I would hate for that to happen as well because yeah. if they aren't to blame for something, why would yeah. you want to, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, I don't yeah, want definitely. to put them in, in a any, situation any where it, they it get blamed for something. And that's why I said, you saw how that they were. That was not their fault or any of that, yeah. And as I was say, you saw how they were throwing water and yelling at her and anything else. I was like, it could be someone from either side saying, hey, cops are mm-hmm. here. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and have an excuse to do something. And whether it's a person on the left or whether it's a person on the right, that's why I was like, if you have a way of doing this that's more, especially from the group that, and I guess I'm pointing it out from the group that wants to do it, because this is the young lady that wants to come through and do this, you have an opportunity not to have it get to that level. Because when you just show up unannounced, like you said, someone from a left point of view could be like, okay, I was waiting on you, and then stuff happens. Or someone from within her group, might be like, oh, I'm just waiting until somebody does something, and if they do, I'm going to defend myself. Then you can have right. that as well. But if it is something mm-hmm. that is pretty much, you know, uh, set up to a point of where it's designed that it is security there or people that could stop things, I would feel a lot better having it more staged than something that is just sprung upon people. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where my worry lies, and I, I hope that mm-hmm. cooler heads prevail on both sides. And if this young lady comes through that college campus, hey, if you're a person that's listening to this, let them do what they have to do. Let them walk on through. You know, there is no point of having any other – I mean, if we all know about Kent State, we know what happened back in the 60s at Kent State. We don't need another incident at Kent State a generation later, especially for something that is – you know, not worth that happening. So, um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I On to the next to, story. Yeah. I wanted to get to at least this one, because I don't know if we're going to get to everything tonight, but I want to get, at least get through to two more stories here. One, of course, is the American Airlines incident which a lot of people have taken sides on here over the last week. And if you have not seen the video, um, the woman who has become at the center of that debate over whether it's okay to recline your airplane seat said that she was, quote, scared to death by how a flight attendant handled her painful ordeal. Uh, this young lady, her name is Wendy Williams, uh, who said that she's a teacher in Virginia Beach, tweeted footage of a man reportedly hitting the back of her reclined seat with his fist during an American Airlines flight in January. But what viewers saw in the video wasn't even the worst of it, she told CNN. Uh, before she started shooting her video, the man behind her started punching me in the back hard, she said. I tried to get the flight attendant's attention. They were not paying attention, so I started videoing him. 
That was the only thing that I could think of to get him to stop. Earlier in the flight from New Orleans to Charlotte, Williams said the man behind her asked her, quote, with an attitude to return her seat to the upright position so that he could eat from the tray table. She obliged and moved her seat back up. But when the man was done eating, Williams said, she reclined her seat once again. That's when he started hammering away, she said. He was angry that it reclined my seat and punched it about nine times hard. Um, now she's saying that she has had extensive neck surgeries. Her cervical spine is completely fused except for C1, uh, and that the incident caused pain. She lost time at work, and it's bought about people from both sides from saying that the man was in the right to she was in the right to the airline was wrong. I'm actually kind of going on this point of the airline being the, 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 the people responsible for this because, one, we all know from flying airlines in the last few years, airlines have tried to uh, cheapen things by as making as many seats as they possibly yeah. can in the smallest amount of space. Exactly. And at this point, unfortunately, if you have to act like a teacher in a room full of kids, you know, American Airlines should have posted, uh, you know, at the discretion of the flight, flight crew, whether you can recline your seat or not, uh, or to have at least diffused that situation, because it shouldn't even have gotten that far. And for the gentleman that, you know, had to retaliate to that method of hitting the seat, he could have surely asked her, hey, you know, the seat's hitting me back here. Do you mind just kind of saying up? I don't know if she would have obliged or not. If she didn't, then at that point, then that's when he should have gotten a flight attendant or somebody within the plane to maybe do something. Um, I don't know how often they fly, but it's not new. And it is an unfortunate incident in which you've got two people, because it all comes down to, Respect, respect from both ends. One, you don't hit the back of somebody's seat like a five-year-old kid. And two, if you know that you are reclining back on somebody and it's not comfortable for them because if somebody reclined back on you, you know how short the seats are, I don't think it's going to hurt you during that flight to pretty much just stay seated up. Yes, there's a recline on the seat. But in the interest of being a good, rationalized person, if you know it's way back there on them, just this once, I don't think it's going to hurt you to have your seat up. I don't. That's just me. Most airlines that I fly on now actually have taken the recline out of the seat because of this, because they have such limited space, because they squeeze so many seats in to the smallest amount of space possible. So they've taken the recline completely out of the seat, so you can't even recline, which is annoying on its own merit too, but um, they both could have been better. And I think it's the airline's fault. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't side on either side on this one, but. That's why I was yeah, like, it's, it's fine because I was like, it's the airline's fault because someone, it's the airline's fault for starting to do this type of practice. And it's, the, mm-hmm. and, and this is what it led to. And I don't think it's going to be the first mm-hmm. or last time that's going to happen. You're going to start to see fights mm-hmm. in the air of people who are fed up and don't want the seat to be hitting them. I really don't blame them. You're already cramped up in a tight spot, and someone who is obviously thinking of themselves, knowing the situation, reclines back and lessens the space that you have. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's the equivalent to be of, you know, overcrowding in schools. If you put uh, 80 students in a room in which it comfortably sits 50, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> People are going to start elbowing each other. People are going to start getting a little mad, and then that's when stuff breaks out. But if you have a way to stop it, you know, instead of cheapening the whole thing, do so. Or, like yeah. I said, just take out the seats. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's the it's, to me it's the equivalent of the I'm not touching you, you know. She's right. not touching him, but it's in his face, and we all have our own little comfortable bubble of space 
and we're already cramped in like sardines. I mean, I fly a lot, so I I get it. It's it really is annoying, but I also understand that there are airlines and there are places and there are seats on other specific airlines that if I'm going to be one of those where I'm going to be like I need to be comfortable, I put the bill to be comfortable. It's not a put the bill to be comfortable seat apparently. No, it is not. So yeah. Yeah, it's the airlines' fault on this one. Uh, Another interesting article is from somebody who's had quite the month, and that's Billie Eilish. And the bad guys start opening up about everything from her childhood and personal struggles to her rise and fame in life uh, during a candid interview for Vogue's March issue. Now, she broke into the industry at a young age. According to the magazine, she wrote her first song on the ukulele at age seven. She then learned how to play the piano and the guitar from watching YouTube videos and when she was 13, uh, she was already singing her breakout hit, Ocean Eyes. And by a course of age 18, she's won five Grammys and has become the first female artist to sweep all four of the major categories in one night. And she talked about that, and she said that it was just really crazy. And if anything, it's an exciting thing for kids who make music in their bedroom. But she, while she realized that pop stardom is Everything she's ever wanted, she learned fame has its drawbacks. She even suggested that she can identify with other pop stars whom, as the magazine put it, fame has disfigured. She said, quote, as a fan growing up, I was always like, what the F is wrong with them? All the scandals, the Britney moment. You grow up thinking they're pretty and they're skinny. Why would they F it up? The bigger I get, the more I'm like, oh, my God, of course they had to do that. In my dark places, I've worried that I was going to become the stereotype that everybody thinks every young artist becomes, because how can they not? Last year, when I was at my lowest point during the tour in Europe, I was worried I was going to have a breakdown and shave my head. Um, And she's opened up about touring before and talked about how she didn't like touring so much. And I guess a part of me was reading this interview, and I was thinking... What's the one thing that people do entertainment to do? To advance, to get a little further, to reach a wider audience. And when you do that, you almost, not to sugarcoat this, but you have to have some expectation that if that's happened, if you're one of the lucky ones where that happens, you have to expect that your life is going to change. And you kind of have to start to prep with how to handle that or have the right people around to help you handle that. Because as we all know, fame has its own, you know, you've seen the struggles that some celebrities have gone through with the price of fame. And I guess it's just different, I guess, being on the outside of that, because a part of me is saying, well, that's the price of fame. I think everybody always says that, that it's what you want it. Now you have it. Now you have to deal with it. Would one thinking that way, I guess, can you kind of relate with that about her worry about being famous? Because I was like, that's what she asked for. I couldn't really, I couldn't grasp that quite frankly, but what'd you think when you uh, heard that? And and it might and it might just be a, a it might be a um, a gender thing too. I, and I don't normally throw that out there because and you know that you know very well I don't throw that out there normally. Um, but yeah, I can absolutely see what she's saying. Um, if you're not, you see the you see all the you see all the um, the pretty side of it. You see the the makeup and the hair, and now I don't have to worry about that. And, oh, people are going to, you know, they're going to gush over me and they're going to be they're gonna be my fangirls or my fanboys or whatever the case may be. And you see all that stuff. And even though you do know that most celebrities that can't handle it do kind of go off the deep end, you do question it. You go, why? Why would you do that? You have everything you wanted. You have everything you wanted. You wanted to be famous. You wanted to be rich. You wanted to be touring. You wanted to be doing this for the rest of your life. This is the thing you wanted the most. Why are you freaking out about it? There's aspects of it that I don't know about. Um, I'm not famous. Uh, There's aspects of it that you don't know about. There's aspects of it that even Billy doesn't know about yet, I'm sure. 
and there's people are awful in different ways. And if you're not ready for it, if you're not surrounded by the right people, I can see where you get thrown into things too. And then on top of that, how fast she rose, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a slow, slowly working her way up kind of thing. This was like, hi, you're not famous today. Bam. You're, you know, got five Grammys in your, in your living room. It was, it feels like it's overnight. And at her age, it basically is, you know, it's not like somebody like me getting famous overnight. I've, I've lived life, you know, I, I've been through the big piles of poo and the great smelly days, you know, um, so I think I could handle it better now because I am older, because I am later on in life. She is still new. She's still idealistic. So, yeah, I could see where she's coming from. I, I, part You're right, though. Part of it is like, hey, you did want this, so you kind of have to have a tough skin um, in this day and age where you have everything available to you at your fingertips and YouTube and and uh, Discord and Reddit and and what are some of these other ones? Instagram and what what's that one? TikTok and all that other stuff. People are are exposed to that, so you should have kind of that. Be ready for that. Get that tough skin. But yeah, right. I can see where it would be a little scary. Well, and not being able to handle it because you aren't equipped to handle it yet. You're not. She's not old enough. She hasn't been through enough to be equipped to handle it yet. Right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's an interesting case study. <laughs> uh, by the way, before we get out of here tonight, there was another story that I wanted to go over, but due to the time, I'm just going to go through it real quick. Uh, it's not really one of an opinion piece, but uh, I kind of teased it earlier on the world's most dangerous food, and according to a study, it was pizza. Pizza-related injuries are on the rise and spiked by 50% in 2018, according to the New York Post. Uh, medical service provider Babylon Health compiled the statistics that showed that there were over 3,800 trips to the emergency room at the hands of that awesome dish that I know that I can eat every day. The sorts of injuries included slicing fingers with a pizza cutter, falling down the stairs carrying a box of pizza, stabbing the roof of your mouth with a fork, further proof that pizza is not meant to be eating with a fork. Um, and one of the most heinous calamities that happened an overzealous woman actually swallowed her tongue after chowing down a slice of pizza. Uh, all of the incidents were deducted uh, or deduced from emergency room departments that featured the word pizza and the attending doctor's notes. So, uh, yeah. Um, that's a pizza very such a good food, thing. though. I would, I would injure myself for pizza. <laughs> I think we all would, but I'm not sure if uh, swallowing my tongue pizza man you know what that's i mean burn the roof of your mouth kind of thing that i get but swallowing your tongue that's somebody that had like one of those new york slices because that doesn't happen with a chicago slice chicago slice is tavern slice i miss those squares i miss those squares <laughs> uh still debate tavern or uh, Detroit Square pizza that Jets Pizza does, or you do the New York Slice, or Lord knows whatever else is out there, but I will take my Chicago Slices or Deep Dish any day. So yeah. uh, with that, my friend, anything else to add? Uh, not, not, no. Um, we missed you. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Love you. But no, nothing else. Nothing to add. Uh, yes, we missed you indeed, but we will, uh, of course, we always thank you, and uh, hopefully you will follow us on Twitter, me over at NewsCometBTR, Mary over at? Blue Eyes Mama. And, of course, once again, just a reminder, Sunday night, uh, join me, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. My guest will be Dr. Dre, and... Um, I will say next Friday night we'll be here. Uh, not nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, nine o'clock out on the uh, <laughs> nine o'clock in the Mountain Zone, but ten o'clock Central Time. Yeah, uh, I'll be here. But like I said, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, not a perfect show, 
Sorry, the Imperfect Show, but that's the way we love it, and we hope you do too. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>